Hello everybody, welcome to the Football Betting Podcast. I'm your host Tom Pipkin and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Tom Walker. Hi everyone, thank you for taking the time to tune in, hope you're well. Yeah, so uh, winning bombproof treble last weekend, great yes. uh, return, 61, 61. Grid, I think. 61 pounds off a tenner, yeah. Brilliant, love it. Second week back, back in, back in amongst the winners, um, so hopefully plenty of you got on that, I know. Some of you messaged us on social media to say you did. So uh, hopefully we'll go uh, two out of three this week. Yeah, relatively comfortable as well. Obviously, we'll review it in further detail um, as the show goes on. But yeah, uh, relatively comfortable. So it was a nice little nice little winner with no heart attacks required. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So this week then we'll cover Friday to Monday's games. We'll start with the Premier League. We'll look at the Championship. And then we've also got the League One playoffs to have a look at as well. Um, So the Premier League, which gets us kicked off on Saturday. Five games, 12.30, Norwich, Brighton. Anything you fancy there? Or do we watch and enjoy? No bets. (laughs) Yeah, not not sure what you'd pick here. Um, Brighton, especially away from home. Not great. Norwich, easily the worst side in the league. I don't see anything here. Do you? No, not for me. This is uh, not something I fancy getting on this week. No, no. Happy to move on. So, two at three o'clock, Leicester Palace and Man United Bournemouth. Obviously, the standout here is Manchester United. Um, Odds are very, very short. Seven to 50 for Manchester United to get the win. I expect them fully to do so. Um, those odds, though, very, very tight. Very tight. It, yeah, it is expected. Um, obviously, Bournemouth, you know, as we... as we, re- I mean, there's games every day, profit chasers at the moment, so it's really hard to, to keep the show relevant. But at the time of recording, obviously, second bottom, uh, looking like they're in real trouble. So, And United... Since they come back, they've had a, a good bit of swag about them, haven't they? They've they've looked pretty yeah. good. Yeah, they look really impressive, especially in that last game against Brighton. Yeah. Um, Bruno Fernandes and Pogba look like they're linking up well, as people predicted they they may well do. Um, if you're trying to squeeze anything out of this, perhaps half-time result Manchester United. It's one to two. Um, Manchester United and over three point five goals. If you think it's going to be a bit of a drubbing is 11-8, to eight, so there's a bit more value in that one if you think they could get a 3-1, 4-0, etc. Um, but really, I think it should be a comfortable win, but good odds are hard to call. Yes, yeah, agreed. Um, and you're right, that is, <coughs> excuse me, that is the standout uh, for the three o'clock. Leicester Palace is an interesting one. Um, Palace went from looking really good to looking absolutely woeful. Um, in their games uh, since they've come back. And Leicester as well, a, a little bit of hit and miss. Is, is there anything that you're uh, fancying here, Tom? I know last week you said that you fancy Leicester to drop out of the top four. Uh, is that still yeah. the case? That's still the case. They've done nothing that would convince me otherwise. So I'm looking at potentially Palace on the double chance, six to five, considering how poor Leicester's form is at the moment. Um, I know Palace are hardly pulling up any trees themselves, but they are very capable away side. Six to five for Palace to draw or win against this uh, down Leicester side could be something to take advantage of, but 
that's if I had to throw something out there. It's not, you know, I'm not really high confidence on that. No, I, I get what you're saying, though. Um, you know, since football's been back, Leicester drew away uh, to Watford. Uh, for a Champions League chase inside, not a good result. Drew at home to Brighton, nil nil, even worse result. Lost to Chelsea, supposed title, uh, sorry, title rivals, <laughs> Champions League spot rivals, and lost to a poor Everton side. So, yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. Just yeah. that slip up from Palace, isn't it, against Burnley that kind of puts a little dampener on yeah. your on your theory. But uh, three three wins before that, so it uh, should be pretty good. So the 5.30 Premier League game on Saturday is Wolves against Arsenal. This is a big one. Um, Arsenal, you're probably looking at this and thinking they need to win it if they want to have any chance of European competition um, qualifications. Wolves in sixth, Arsenal in seventh. I don't think Arsenal can go to Molyneux, the form that Wolves are in at the moment, and get a result here. Um, since the coronavirus Great balls have come back, kept three clean sheets in a row, look very good, very solid. Arsenal, on the other hand, extremely up and down, um, unconvincing in my eyes. And I think Wolves have got more than enough at home to, to nullify this Arsenal side and whatever they're going to throw at them. Yeah. 11 to 10 for Wolves. I'm going to take advantage of that. I agree. I agree. Obviously, Arsenal have got, you know, if Pepe does turn up, They've got Aubameyang, for example. They've got players that are of, you know, standard to turn the game on its head. But, you know, you just look at them defensively and look at their last three performances. I, I mean, I'm contradicting myself here. Um, two clean sheets in the last three. But when you consider it was against a Southampton side that were absolutely terrible um, when I watched On the beach. On the beach. Like. Then Sheffield United in the FA Cup, terrible performance in Sheffield United again. Um, and then Norwich, who just came to uh, the Emirates to get the bellies tickled. So I'm not, I'm not overly convinced that you know Arsenal are turning around the kind of form we saw at Man City. I'm also of the persuasion that um, Wolves will get a victory here. I also like both teams to score. I know, you know. You've just read out that Wolves have been strong defensively, Tom, but Arsenal do have some sparkling players going forward, attacking fullbacks, etc., etc. Um, I do actually expect both teams to score 10 to 11. I think that's a really good price. Three games that have been between these sides since Wolves got promoted back to the Premier League, they've all been both teams before. Um, we've had two one-alls and a three-one, and Wolves haven't lost any of those three meetings either, uh, winning the one that they did have at Molyneux last year. Mm, nice. Good bit of research, Tommy. Thank you. So finally, we've got a eight o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Very late kickoff on Saturday, isn't it? Eight o'clock. Yeah, um, a bit odd. Chelsea against Watford. Chelsea priced at two to five, the draw seven to two, and Watford 13 to two. Um, Chelsea uh, dropped points, surprisingly, against West Ham when they lost three two. Um, you'd think they'd bounce back against a Watford side who have lost the last couple of games in a row and haven't looked overly impressive since the restart. Two to five, though, for me, there's n- I just don't trust Chelsea enough at the moment after that West Ham result uh, for those kind of odds for me to back them. I think they'll probably win, though. 
I have found a little nugget that I think that will uh, bring some profit, and it's a nice price. Chelsea Ooh. to win and both teams to score, which is a favourite bet of mine throughout the season, uh, two to one. I think Lampard's obviously got some attacking priorities that he's trying to address in the transfer market with Werner, Zayek, and all these players linked. I just I don't want him to you know I'd like him to do well. He's a young English manager, but you know he he has to also address the back five or back yeah. probably back six because he's playing you know Angolo Kante. He's playing all these different roles at the back. They've got some big issues that were highlighted against West Ham. Um, he really needs to address that. I think Watford are capable of getting a goal. I think Watford will go pretty much fearless. They're not going to go to the bridge and and you know uh, cower away and you know shirk away from the challenge. They're going to relish it. They're going to see what West Ham did, and I think you'll be able to get that at two to one. Yeah, I uh, I think that's a good shout. Very good odds because you know last season Chelsea beat Watford two one. Season before that Chelsea beat Watford two one. Season before that Chelsea beat Watford four two. So. Again, historically, a bit of form there behind that. Nice. So, uh, yeah, could be a good shot. Good little find, that. Yep. So, moving on to Sunday, uh, we've got four games. Starting off with Burnley-Sheffield United. Um, I don't know about you, but this looks like a under 2.5 to me without even looking at anything. <laughs> one, to two, one to two is a prize for under 2.5 goals for this game. Um I'd be really surprised if this is a goal fest. It's not going to be. End of. <laughs> it's not going to be. Um, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, I'm actually also going to tip Burnley on the nose. Uh, they've not been perfect since they've been back. Uh, but two 1-0 victories over Watford and Palace. One home, one away will give them a bunch of confidence. Against the Sheffield United side that probably, aside from Norwich and Villa, have probably been the worst team since the return in the Premier League. I'm very happy to take Burnley at 7-4 to four at Turf Moor. 7-4 to four is a really good price. Isn't it? it is. Probably it one is. of them where Burnley could trot out a very comfortable one or, one or two in a victory. Yeah. And then you're looking at the 7-4 to four and thinking, that's an absolute steal. Yeah, and you know, everyone... Everyone probably assumes without looking at the league table that Sheffield United are way above Burnley because they've had this great season. Uh, even though Sheffield United do have a game in hand, Burnley are above them in ninth and they are in the hunt for that seventh place spot, which right now we're not sure, but you know there's a good chance that that will get them Europa League football. So yeah. uh, they're in the hunt and they're having a good season again. So uh, yeah, Burnley for me on the nose. The next one's tough to call. Uh, Newcastle West Ham United. It's the two fifteen. Newcastle three to two. Draw nine to four, and West Ham nine to five. Um, if we if we had recorded this show yesterday, before the West Ham Chelsea game, I'd be probably saying Newcastle all day long. But now it throws a bit of doubt into it, doesn't it? Because how how much confidence is that West Ham resort against Chelsea going to give them? And considering Newcastle are now in 13th, 43 points, absolutely in no danger of going down. Could they rest on their laurels a little bit, perhaps? Um, 
I'm not sure where to go with this one, so I'm going to avoid. Don't know what you think to that. I get what you. I get where you're coming from. Um, I don't think this West Ham team is going to go down. Um, I never said that before uh, they beat Chelsea. I think they'll have just enough. But also, on the flip side, I have almost zero confidence in David Moyes and the West Ham team to pull a string of results together. I think they're capable of of one-offs. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if they'll be able to back it up and turn it into a consistent run. Uh, I'm still on the side of Newcastle. Um, from what I saw from West Ham, besides the Chelsea game, uh, since the return has been really poor. And I've actually been quite impressed with Newcastle. I take what you're saying. They may be on the beach, but Steve Bruce yeah. is the kind of manager I don't think he would let that happen, or he certainly would do his best not to let that happen. I'm happy yeah. to take Newcastle again, 6-4, to St. James's Park. OK, yeah, fair enough. Um, next up, Liverpool-Villa. Liverpool, about 1-3 to three on the nose, uh, draw 4-1, to one, Villa 7-1. to one. Even though Liverpool have now wrapped up the title, um, I can't see any other result here than a Villa win. Unless Klopp, for some reason, throws a load of, kid, throws a load of kids out, um, I think this should be an extremely comfortable win for Liverpool. Uh, I think, you know, one to three on the nose, it's not bad, I guess, for the for the game. Could be an accumulator booster. I think I'd be more inclined to look at maybe half-time, full-time results. So Liverpool to be winning at half-time and at full-time. Uh, just under evens, 20 to 21 is the odds for that, which gives us a lot more value. I would like to know why Man United are 1-7 to seven at home to Bournemouth and Liverpool are 1-3 to three at home to Villa. That doesn't make Again, sense, it, that doesn't it make it sense must, to me. It must all be in the fact that Liverpool don't really have anything to play for other than records, I guess. Yeah. That must yeah. be why, where I your suppose difference so. is coming from. I suppose so. But just... A little bit confusing for me. Liverpool are better than United and you know, uh, Bournemouth are better than Villa. So I just I just don't quite get it. But anyway. Another price actually that, that I have found. Um, Liverpool to score over 2.5 goals is 11 to 10. So if they do play a pretty full strength squad, you could, you could see them scoring three at least past Villa. Comfortably. Comfortably. So Villa, 10, joint, worst, joint worst defence in the league. Uh, they've conceded 60 goals in 32 games. <laughs> yeah, average of just under two a game there, then. It's ter- terrible. <laughs> Not good at all. <laughs> terrible. So, yeah, if Villa, sorry, if Liverpool do play a full strength side and, you know, Klopp has them at it, then, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll absolutely hammer Villa for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, finally on Sunday, Southampton against Manchester City. Southampton 9 1, draw 4 1. Man City, 3-10. to 10. So, Man City are actually a worse price to win away at Southampton than Liverpool are at home to Aston Villa, uh, which, again, doesn't make sense to me odds-wise. But there you go. I think City will win. But, again, the odds, are, the odds stink. Yeah. Yeah, they do. City, Southampton haven't won any of their last seven games against Man City. Uh, defeats include 2-1, 3-1, 3-1, 6-1, 1-0, 2-1, 3-0. Um, you have to go back to 2016 
for the last Southampton win. Uh, that was a 4-2 win in the Premier League. Again, Tom, I think you're right. Southampton, safe. They've hit that 40-point mark. Um, maybe they'll want you know another win or so just to completely cement it, but you imagine they're going to be safe. City got a, you know, a little bit of not really work to do, but you know, Sane looks like he's going to leave. There's a big summer ahead, and I think Pep needs to Pep needs to keep the momentum going, and he needs to challenge this group of players so they can spring into next season with a, a positive yeah. mindset. So, yeah, City yeah. should win. Very comfortable for me. Finally then, Monday, we've got one game. Tottenham against Everton. Spurs at evens. The draw, 11-4. to And Everton, 5-2. Um, just one point separating these two sides in the league. Spurs in 8th. Everton in 11th. I... Oh, God. I'm leaning towards Spurs at evens. But I just don't trust Tottenham at the moment. I really don't trust Tottenham at the moment. I really don't. No. Harry Kane's still not 100% fit. Uh, you can see in his play, obviously, he's got a couple of goals for sure, but he doesn't look the Harry Kane world-class striker we all know and love, and, and that's going to take time. Without him, they're a little bit blunt. Everton are just completely off the wall for me. I don't know what I'm going to get from them one moment to the next. I honestly don't know where to go. Everton's last away win at Tottenham, obviously this is White Hart Lane and the new stadium, was 2008. So 11 games in a row, Tottenham have not lost to the Toffees. Uh, but obviously, you know, the bulk of those being at White Hart Lane, but still a, still a little omen to consider. I think for me, no bet is probably the safest bet. 100%. The game. Yeah, I couldn't be less interested in, in this game from a gambling perspective. Okay, then let's look at the championship games then. Um, again, we've got a full fixture list throughout the whole weekend. And again, uh, like last weekend, kind of spread out over a variety of times. Derby Forest is the big one uh, on Saturday at 12.30. Derby in a fantastic run of form, I think. You know, we backed them on the podcast the last few weeks. They've delivered. Uh, they've won five in a row. It's propelled them all the way up into seventh place, just one point outside of the playoffs. So, you know, a, a Derby Forest playoff pass isn't completely out of the question, which would be something. Um, do you think Forest have got enough about them to go away to Derby, considering the form they're in, and uh, take at least something from the game? 13 to 10 is the price for Derby. Uh, draw is 9 to 4. Forest 21 to 10. I think in a in a weird way, uh, despite the despite Forrester in fourth and have been in the playoffs practically all season, and Derby are kind of coming from sixteenth uh, or eighteenth wherever they were. I think Derby are probably the favourites in my head. Um, but I one thing I will say uh, before people kind of start jumping on Derby's uh, Derby eleven to eight. This is a perfect game for Forrest. Absolutely perfect. The way that that team is ran defensively, the way, I mean, the personnel that they have, the Samba, Cash, Figueredo, Worrell, Ribeiro is, is very, very, very solid. Forrest, yeah. masters of the 1-0, a 
masters of the shithousery football that rival fans can't seem to stand. The only thing I would say from a betting perspective, you've got a red-hot team at home. Like you said, Tom, they've won five in a row. But this is the literal perfect game. Forest struggle at home to, say, Luton Town, for example, or Charlton, where they have to go and they have to pick them apart. The last game against Bristol City, if it wasn't for Thiago Silva's fantastic free kick, I don't know if they would have got the three points. But when the onus is not on them, that's when I fancy Forrest more. I think this will be a draw. I'm not going to tip it uh, just because this game is too terrifying for me. But nine to four is the draw. And if you held a gun to my head, that's what I would back. Yeah, very valid points. Um, If you held a gun to my head, I'd be backing under 2.5 goals. Eight to 11 is the price for that. It's very rare, isn't it, really, that... um, we see high scoring games between Forest and Derby, particularly in like the last kind of four or five seasons. Yeah. Um, the last four, the last five games in a row have all been under 2.5 goals. You've got a 1-0, a 1-0, a 0-0, a 0-0 and a 2-0 in there. So, yeah, I think considering the stakes as well, I think, again, it lends itself to being an unders game rather than an overs game. Um, so yeah, 8 to 11 could be a good price for that. Yeah. Uh, one little stat I want to throw out um, to you, which makes me smile. Uh, the last time Derby County scored past Nottingham Forest, the 15th of October 2017. Wow. <laughs> that does make me smile. What a fantastic stat that is. Five, five games in a row. Forest had kept a clean sheet. Uh, four in the Championship, one in the EFL Cup. It was like a long time since we've been able to celebrate stats like that against Derby. I know. It's, honestly, I look at it almost every day. It's a, a wonderful <laughs> thing. But yeah, massive game. Um, moving on to the rest of the championship, Tom. Um, anything that you want to tip that's kind of leaping off the page? I think Leeds will get a win away at Blackburn. Um, four to six um, is the price for Leeds to get the win away at Blackburn. Blackburn have kind of struggled, haven't they? Since coming back from the from the international break, from the coronavirus break, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've lost three of the last four games. Uh, not looking particularly impressive. Leeds, I I think, you know, they. I know there's no crowd at Ellen Road, but we saw last week when um, they drew one all with Luton at home. They seem to be much better away from home. Maybe when there's a little bit less pressure and emphasis on them. Um, Blackburn aren't a team who will just sit back, I don't think, and try and soak up pressure and get Leeds on the break. I think Blackburn will give it a go, and then I don't think they'll be good enough to do so. I think Leeds at four to six should get a, a pretty comfortable win and uh, another three points towards promotion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Leeds, I would love nothing more than for them to fall apart, and we can all sing the Leeds are falling apart song, and we can all enjoy it as a nation. But it's not going to happen. Uh, they're going to win this weekend and they're going to get promoted. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Brentford. Very tough game. Uh, home to a Wigan side that have been really good since the uh, return to play. Uh, Wigan have come back and they have won three games in a row, uh, keeping three clean sheets. So you may be surprised to hear that I think that they're going to lose on Saturday. 
uh, away at Brentford, you just have to look at the calibre of teams that both sides have played. Wigan have beaten Huddersfield, Blackburn and Stoke. Huddersfield and Stoke in particular have been dreadful um, since the return to play. Blackburn, as you mentioned, Tom, not been great either. Um, Brentford, they have won three games in a row, keeping three clean sheets. They've beaten Fulham, automatic promotion rivals. They've beaten West Brom, automatic promotion rivals. And they've beaten a sticky Reading team. Uh, Brentford, they are priced at one to two. I wish we could get a little bit more than that, but I do understand. I think the Bees will win despite Wigan's good form. Yeah, and the recent history between the sides doesn't really lend itself well to Wigan either. Um, in the last seven games, spanning all the way back to 2014, uh, they've only scored once. Sorry, they've only scored twice past Brentford in those games. Um, and that they both came in a 2-1 victory back in 2017. So six out of those seven games, they've failed to find the back of the net against Brentford. So that will, you know, it doesn't bode well, does it, for Wigan here, considering historical stats and recent form stats uh, from Brentford's side. Nice. Good bit of research again. Um, I, last weekend, as part of our bomb-proof treble, we jumped upon the Neil Warnock bandwagon, didn't we? Good old Warnock's back. He pulled through for us. Uh, Middlesbrough got a draw. Sorry, Middlesbrough got a win against Stoke, which we needed for the bomb-proof treble. Um, I think they've got a great opportunity to get a win at home to Queen's Park Rangers. This uh, this weekend on Sunday, they're 11 to 10 to do so. Um, I just think Warnock's come in. He's going to motivate. They're going to build upon that win against Stoke. QPR have lost three in a row, mid-table, drifting, waiting for the end of the season. Perfect game for, for Borough and Warnock to get three points on the board again to uh, really boost their survival bid. Yep, yeah. Uh, as we mentioned before, QPR completely on the beach. Um, yeah, 100% Middlesbrough reinvigorated by Neil Warnock. And yeah, I completely see where you're coming from. Staying with the relegation picture, West Brom, uh, a home game against Hull on Sunday, same time as the Middlesbrough QPR. And West Brom will get a comfortable win. One to three. We don't need to talk about it too much, um, but it's worth addressing for anyone looking for a little accumulator booster because that is pretty much, I mean, you should never say guaranteed, but it's a, I'd be absolutely amazed if West Brom didn't come through that. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, that's it for the champ for me. Any more for you? Uh, no, no, a uh, little difficult league, lots of interesting games, but from a gambling perspective, a little sticky. Yeah. So we've got the League One playoffs left to cover. Um, we'll run through the teams and the odds outright first. So you've got Portsmouth, who are two to one to win the whole playoffs. Uh, Fleetwood nine to four, Oxford five to two, and Wickham five to one. So well outsiders there. Uh, on Friday night, we've got Portsmouth against Oxford and Fleetwood against Wickham. Then on the Monday, we've got the reverse fixtures. So Oxford at home to Portsmouth and Wickham at home to Fleetwood. I think the winner of this whole playoff picture will probably come from the Portsmouth 
Oxford game. Um, I know we mentioned this before the coronavirus break, I think, or maybe it was in the first podcast back, actually, that we both kind of thought Oxford would win these playoffs. Um, has your opinion on that changed, or are you still kind of pro, pro-Oxford? No, I'm, I'm still pro-Oxford. Um, I think they've got some really sparkling, talented players. Uh, they've got a really good system. They've got a experienced manager that's kind of been around the uh, scene a little bit, but he's, you know, still young enough to be in touch with kind of, you know, modern day tactics, etc. Um, and I just think, I just think it's their time. Just from what I've seen, you know, in League One, obviously the last game was, what, in March, I think it was now. Um, yeah. A lot can change. This is obviously the team's first games since then, so it is in the same spot as the Premier League and the Championship and everything before. It's not going to be pretty, I don't think, uh, any of the, these playoff games. Uh, but I think Oxford, for me, are who I'd fancy to go on and get promoted. Yeah, me too. Um, in the individual games, is there any kind of anything that takes your fancy? So Oxford to win away at Portsmouth is thirteen to five. If we're looking at Oxford on the double chance, that's four to six. So there could definitely be something in that. Uh, alternatively, both teams to score is four to five in that game. You know, both teams do like to hit the back of their net and they've got plenty of goals in them. Uh, they're probably the two avenues that I'd be looking down, double chance or both teams to score. Yeah, exactly. Both teams to score for me is is what I would go for. Um, it's always, I think, handy to look at the uh, league form. Um, you know, in terms of the fixtures when you're looking at the playoffs. Uh, so if we have a look at the two fixtures between the sides, uh, which they managed to complete, by the way, um, Oxford on the 19th of January beat Portsmouth 2-1 at home. And then at Fratton Park in Portsmouth, uh, the 2nd of uh, November, they drew one, sorry, the 11th of February, uh, they drew 1-1. So Oxford didn't lose to Portsmouth in a regular season. It's always going to be tough to to pick out what's going to win here because they are going to be rusty from the coronavirus, etc. Uh, we've seen in the League 2 playoffs, um, particularly the Colchester-Exeter game, um, the first leg, it was, it was like a friendly. It was so yeah. slow and I, I kind of felt sorry for the players. Um, I'm, that's the only thing I'm wary of. If this was regular season, four to five, both teams to score, I'd be putting my entire bank balance on that. Um, but I'm just a bit wary about rustiness. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, looking, kind of going off that theme about rustiness, um, I'm looking at the Fleetwood Wicking game. Now, these aren't two teams who typically have been known to beat size 3-0, 4-0 plus during the regular league season. Um, you know, instead going for 1-0s, 2-0s, 2-1s uh, as their victories. Taking that r- rustiness factor into account, um, I'm looking at half-time correct score in this game, 0-0. It's priced at 6-4, to four, so it's above evens. Um, I definitely think that has got a lot of chance uh, of coming in, considering the occasion, um, you know, players are easing their way back in and uh, 
yeah, the fact they don't tend to score tons of goals anyway. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I, I mean, none of us want it to be nil nil. We're football fans. <laughs> we want it to be a good game, but you know we have to think logically. And yeah, nil nil is definitely a possibility. Um, especially like you said with the the rustiness, etc. That's a really good uh, little idea there, Tom. I'm fully yeah. on board. And it is only half time. Correct score, nil nil. Remember as well. Yep. So you know the first half could be drab as dishwater. Then the second half can be great. Yeah. For a week. Yeah. 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 I, I'm I'm fully on board with that. Uh, I think in general, Fleetwood will win this this particular tie as well. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a Fleetwood Fleetwood Oxford final for me. Oxford uh, getting the result. Yeah, I agree. Um, Wickham, we. We said all season long um, that we thought they were in a false position, that they were punching above their weight. They couldn't continue this level of form. Obviously, they're in because of the points per game um, ratios instead of where they actually finished at the end of the uh, kind of regular season, I suppose. Um, And they're fortunate to be in it. And, you know, if they get promoted, it will be, a fairy tale, but I just don't think it's going to happen. No, no me neither. Um, okay, so that wraps up all the tips for this weekend. Shall we do a joint bomb-proof treble again, recap last week's? Yes, let's la- recap last week's bomb-proof treble. So to recap last week's winning bomb-proof treble, um, we had Derby to beat Reading, and they did so 2-1. Yeah, we also had Wolves to beat Villa at Villa Park and they did so 1-0. And we had Middlesbrough to either draw or win away at Stoke and they won 2-0. Yeah, so that got us a £61 winner off a tenner. Um, So that goes into the bank and goes into the kind of running totals that we have here. Um, So just to kind of go through it, if you're new to the show, Uh, This is the part where we put together all of our tips, knowledge, research, whatever you want to call it, into a treble uh, that we will be backing with £10 stakes, and we recommend that you do the same. But we only want you to bet what you can afford to lose. So without further ado, Tom, do you want to piece together our um, joint bomb-proof treble? Um, So our joint bomb-proof treble this week is going to be Burnley at home to Sheffield United. They're priced at 7-4. to four. We've then got Liverpool to be winning at half-time against Villa. That is to 4-5. And then we are putting our faith in Neil Warnock for the second week in a row. Middlesbrough at home to QPR, priced at 11-10. to 10. Tom, what will £10 return? It's a tasty one. £10 returns 103.95. Nice, nice. So, yeah, to reiterate, we've got Burnley, home Sheffield United, Liverpool winning at half-time, home to Villa, Borough to be beating QPR. Awesome. Nice. Just about wraps up everything, doesn't it, aside from a bit of social media? Yes. So, if you want to extend your podcast experience beyond the pod itself, uh, follow us on social media. We are trying to hit that magic 1,000 mark. Um, so we only need about 15, 20 more followers. So please follow us at T underscore FB podcast and join in the fun. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, uh, football betting podcast 
at gmail.com too if you want to get an email over to us with any, I don't know, questions, tips. If you want to just genuinely talk through email, if you're over 45, feel free to do so. <laughs> yeah, and if you have enjoyed the show, perhaps won some money from the tips as well, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review us wherever you do listen to your podcast. Yes, so good luck, guys. Enjoy the football, and thank you very much for listening. Yeah, cheers, guys. See you next week.